Welcome to the Garden of Favor podcast, where we are committed to cultivating lives and businesses God's way, because when we do, we see the undeniable evidence of His favor. I'm warning you now, be prepared to cry and shout some yeses and amens as we ask ourselves the tough questions and get honest with God about what He wants to do in us and through us for the kingdom. Hi, sister friend, I'm Heather, teacher turned six-figure corporate exec, turned top 1% network marketer, turned living my best life, dream job as a mindset strategist and kingdom blueprints coach for Christian entrepreneurs. I believe your life is much like a garden and your business plays a major role in fulfilling your purpose and calling. Are you ready to get your mindset and your heart set in sync with the Father so you can bloom into all He's created you to be? Then let's grow, girl. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to episode 26 where I am going to give you five tips to help you get out of your funk. Are you in a funk? Have you found yourself extra sad? Maybe you don't even know why. Or maybe you found yourself unmotivated or uncertain and, and not just not feeling excited about life. I don't know, but that was me. And it hit me really fast and really hard because I have been trying to avoid the obvious for the last, you know, year. Ever since the uh, pandemic happened, you know, of course I have felt like I need to be strong for my family, but I also need to be strong for my people, you guys, who I know you're facing these same questions. You know, God, what are you doing? And... (laughs) You know, God is good, we can say that, but but it's when we don't see it or we don't feel it always or, or there's a lot of uncertainty and let's just, the F word, fear, we start to get a lot of questions and a lot of doubts. Is God really good? And, you know, I've gone through so many refining fire seasons this year through different things about end times, about, um, you, you know, the conspiracy theories, about... God, uh, I know I can repeat a lot of God is good, God is a redeemer, he's a restorer, he is faithful, he is love, he is righteous. I can say those biblical things in my head. This is, again, I talk about it all the time. There is a difference between knowing in your head something and living something and knowing it in your heart. We can say all the things, but if in our hearts we aren't connected to our minds, there's a little bit of a disconnect. And I realized so much this year, there was a little bit of a disconnect. And so all that to say is, as I'm trying to continue to remain strong and focused and remembering who God is and really asking God, who are you? Like, you know, we focus so much on I am statements that the Lord showed me that it is absolutely crucial in order for me to not only say, but believe those I am statements, I have to know where those come from and that they come from who God is because we're made in his image. And if I don't know and you don't know who God is, then those I am statements are pretty empty. Because they're if they're not rooted in Christ, then they're A, pointing to self, but B, if they are rooted in Christ, but you still don't really have, like I didn't really have, I thought I knew who God was until I started really having to search in scripture and say, God, who are you? Are you good? I know you are. I know you are because everyone has, I've learned that since a little girl and I can look back through my own life and see how you were good, but I want to believe that you're good. 
I want to believe that you're, you're in control and you're doing what you need to do. So what I didn't realize is that I have been mourning the loss of air quotes here, normal. I have been mourning the loss of normal and it really has got, it got me into a funk. And I shared this on Facebook because I ended up taking about a 10-ish day hiatus from Facebook. I, between the move of our house, the, you know, moving into our temporary home, um, and we didn't find a house to buy. It's a seller's market. So we didn't find a house to buy and we are renting for six months, hoping to find where God is leading us in the next six months. We'll see if that's what he has for us. But in the middle of that, in the middle of, you know, obviously the, the, the pandemic and all the things going on and my own men- my own mental issues around that, like I have really struggled with masks. I have really struggled with all the political things. I've really struggled with the the, the racial things online. Uh, I, I've, I've struggled with a lot and I, I continue to have to remind myself and truly practice these five tips that I'm going to share with you today. But I want to talk a little bit about the five stages of grief because so last, was it last week? So we got into our new place. We closed on our old home on October 9th and then we got into our new place that week. And Uh, you know, then the following week, we all got sick. We got hit with the bug. It was just like nasty sinus. I would think I got the worst of it. I was, I was, had such a bad headache. I was throwing up and, you know, all the things, but it just gave me this week to, to rest and to, to slow down because our life has been crazy with the, with the sale of our home and moving. And George has been interviewing for a job literally for about two months. Um, I just shared this today too. I'll share this in the podcast that he accepted a job. George has been home with me for the last three years. Um, Through one of our businesses, we were able to uh, retire him from the corporate world so I could focus on my business and then he could pursue his own business and dreams. And then we lost that business a few months after that and our life changed. But all that to say, my two youngest don't even know life without daddy at home 24 seven. So it'll be really interesting. Our family is going through a ton of changes. And I think, you know, bringing up to this point, and then as I'm now faced with all these changes happening very quickly, not only on the outside world, like you are experiencing, maybe you're experiencing, it's again, it's like we have the normal world, the normal, normal things of life are going on. In addition to the craziness of 2020, and the political year and all the things it's like, I didn't even realize it until I was forced to slow down because I was sick and I got into this major funk like I I was thinking wow I don't know and I don't even know what I can't even pinpoint any one thing that's wrong because I could list you a a ton of blessings that the Lord has done the sale of our home being one of them you know that story in itself is a God story God math like I don't have time to get into that today but so many things to be grateful for. I mean, George getting this job is unbelievable. He wasn't even looking. This company, you know, recruited him from LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, they were looking for a, a, you know, a senior level, like management level person. And it just so happens it was the perfect fit. And we feel like it was God. Like there are so many things I'm grateful for. And so maybe you're sitting there thinking, what's wrong with me? Because that was me. I'm like, what is wrong? Why can't I get out of this funk. And I honestly can't even pinpoint any one area that's really wrong. I, I, like, I mean, 
by the grace of God, we're paying our bills. By the grace of God, we are fed. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Listen, I can say those things and I I hope that you repeat those things out loud, but there's a difference between saying something and living it and believing it. Listen, you can know who God is, but knowing him intimately is different than knowing who he is. It's like you can know a celebrity, you can see them on TV, you can read articles about them, but that doesn't mean you're having coffee with them or dinner with them or you're hanging out at their house. God wants us to have coffee with him, have dinner with him, and hang out with us in our homes. And, you know, so there's that disconnect of, God, you are good. I know it, but oh my goodness, are you good? Because I don't know. I'm not really seeing. It's like this is where we can't believe all that we see and all that we hear and have to really understand that there are things happening in the spiritual realm that, that our eyes can't see. And that's why Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But back to the five stages of grief, mourning the loss of normal, I didn't even know that's what I've been doing all year. And so maybe this is going to shed a little bit of light on why you've been feeling the way you've been feeling. But I want to run through these five stages because as I literally was reading this, I'm like, oh my goodness, I have been mourning the loss of normal. And the five stages are one, denial. I mean, I was in complete denial thinking this thing's going to be over in two weeks. We're going to be good. Great. And then it kept going, kept going. And here it continues to keep going and keep going. And it's not that I didn't believe that it was real, nor do I, I, I know that it's real. But I'm like, this is, this has got to end. This has got to end. And so I was in denial that it was, that it was even, you know, really our life, so to speak. And then I went through anger. I was angry, angry at a lot of things. You know, where did this thing actually really come from? And if it's man-made, why aren't we really angry at that? Now, if it's not man-made, you know, there's lots of questions. And I am not here to give you the conspiracy theories because I went down that rabbit hole and the Lord said, stop it right now. Stop it. You are like a dog going back to its vomit trying to figure this out. I have it figured out. Come to me and I will tell you hidden things you do not know. I will tell you all you need. But I was in anger. I was angry about, you know, the fact that my kids, my son's kindergarten year was totally different. He did a virtual graduation. I mean, I sobbed that day. You know, all these, and I know a lot of senior parents felt felt similar and, and, and probably even more intense because their kids, you know, it was the hot climax to their high school year. All the things. I was angry. I don't know if this is resonating with you or maybe, maybe, maybe literally starting to make sense of what has been going on in your heart and in your mind. And then I went to the bargaining stage, like, well, you know, it could be worse and it could be this and, you know, trying to justify things and think, well, you know, I don't have to do this, but I can do that. And all the things like just, again, sort of in denial, sort of like, like oblivious to the reality of how our lives are changing right before our eyes. And then it hit me, the depression stage. And I, I mean, my life is completely different. I used to run to Target to have my mommy alone time to grab diapers or whatever it was. I haven't done that since April. I haven't stepped foot into a Target. I know this is like first world problems. I get it. Uh, I've, I've had that conversation with the Lord, but this is reality. And so I'm not here to sugarcoat it. And I'm not here to make it sound like, oh, it's no big deal. But I, I think 
this brought me a lot of clarity that I have been mourning the loss of normal. And the Lord showed me why. And the Lord showed me how to get out of it. So I'm going to share that with you. And then I'm going to get to the five tips. I, I just really pray that this is bringing some clarity to some of you who haven't been able to quite pinpoint what is wrong minus the obvious but that that really is what's wrong is that you've been grieving normal you've been grieving the life as you used to know it and then I finally feel like the Lord brought me into the acceptance stage which is the final stage of grief saying hey I'm doing a new thing don't you get it don't you see it? You're like gripping on to the old so desperately and so tightly wanting to get back to normal and get back to where things were and to get back to feeling really secure. And and I again, we shouldn't find our security in in anything other than God and God hasn't changed. Listen, these are things I I think it's good for us to have these heart-to-heart conversations because it's good to know when you're not alone. You know, so, um, but the Lord showed me Isaiah 43, 19, and I don't know, I was just really having a quiet moment with the Lord crying and just sitting with him in, in silence and really feeling kind of sorry for myself, but confused at the same time because I couldn't really pinpoint any one thing. And at the same time, when I knew things were wrong, I also knew that a lot of things were right. I know God is in control and that he's doing a good thing. I do know that. I know he turns all things to good for those who love him. And I do know that. It might not always feel like it or look like it, but he's going to do that in order to make us more like him. And I, I, I believe that his plans for me and for you are good. I really do. And so it's that tug and pull. It's like that it's that, ah, I know, but, and anytime we add a but, that means there's doubt. So I've been really trying to help myself identify the buts in my life. Like, okay, well, yeah, God, you are good, but no, there is no but. It's end, period, end of sentence. God is good. And so the Lord gave me the verse, Isaiah 43, 19, and, and I just had so much freedom in that. And I'm praying that if this has been you and you've been sad, and you've been really in a funk and kind of mourning the, the old and going through denial, anger, bargaining, depression. And maybe this will bring you into the acceptance. And this is really what helped me get over that hurdle and to accept that we're not going back to the to where we were, whatever that looked like. To be honest, you know, in many ways, it still it wasn't really that great uh, from a world perspective. I mean, in my life, I feel it was I was I was flowing. I was really flowing in my calling. I felt I was flowing in so many areas. But you know, here we are. All that to say, Isaiah forty three nineteen. And what I did was I wrote it down in multiple um, translations, uh, just to really try to like grasp what are you trying to tell me, Lord. And so the first one um, is from the New Living Translation. For I am about to do something new. So I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. I mean, this was such a beautiful reminder and a God wink and a love note from the Lord to say, hey, I see you struggling and I know you don't see it, but I'm here to tell you I'm doing a new thing new wineskin, 
I'm doing a new thing, something that you've never seen before, you've never experienced before, you don't even know how to do it because you're a pioneer. I'm here to tell you that that this, there is someone listening to this that needs to be told that you are a pioneer and that God is asking you to do something that doesn't exist because this is this is a new thing he's doing. And if you just replicated something that somebody else did, it's not going to be all that great. And I believe that God is, he is doing something new, but so many of us like myself have been fighting and gripping with a death grip onto the old so tightly that my grip has been so tightly like around the old and the comfortable and what I used to know that I haven't loosened my hands up. I'm literally like doing it as I'm talking that I like have opened my hands to be able to empty it of the old to receive God's new. I love the AMPC version. It says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That hit me hard. Will you not give heed to it? And I recognize I am not allowing. I, I, it's, again, it's as if I'm resisting what God is doing and what he wants to do because I am so focused on the old. And he's saying, girl, I, girl, I don't know if he says girl, <laughs> maybe daughter, I don't know. Girl, like, listen to me. I'm doing a new thing. Don't you see it? Don't you know it? And will you not give heed to it? Will you not just trust me? I'm going to make a way in the wilderness and a river in the desert. Listen, the same God who parted the seas for his children to walk through is the same God we serve today. The same God who turned the three fish and the five loaves to feed thousands of people is the same God we serve today. The same God who delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from the fiery furnace with not even a smell, not even was there were their garments touched it's not even as if anything was scorched or had any they didn't even smell of fire sister we serve and i'm preaching to myself we serve the same god and he is doing a new thing and so if you've been like me and you've been mourning the loss of of what existed in your life Maybe it's your business, your family, your job, your relationships, your 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 social activities. You know, all I mean, listen, all of our lives have been rocked. But the Lord is doing a new thing. His plans for you are good. He will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Will you give that up to him today? Will you release? your hands of what you've been gripping the death grip to, the old, the old way, and say, God, I surrender. I trust you. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God, I trust you even when I don't see it, even when I don't hear it, even when I don't feel it. I know that your plans for me are good and I trust you. All right, so here are five tips to get out of your funk. Minus, hopefully, I think sometimes, again, when we, we don't even see it, like we don't even, we don't know what to do. And so maybe that I pray will bring clarity to some of you who are like, man, yeah, I didn't even get it, but this is it. That's me. I've been in denial, anger, bargaining, depression. I'm ready to accept it. I'm ready to accept what God is doing. 
I'm ready to loosen my hands of the old so that I can receive whatever it is he wants to do in me and through me in the new. So here are five tips to get out of your funk. And I've, I've, I've been doing these things really every day to, to make sure that I remain out of the funk. So number one is be grateful. It's not the first time you've heard me say this, but write in a gratitude journal every single day at least one. I write three things I'm grateful for. Three things. You start your day out with gratitude and, and thanking the Lord for what he is doing in your life. It, it will change your perspective because when you're, you literally cannot be grateful and resentful at the same time. You can't be angry and happy at the same time. And so when we show gratitude, one, showing gratitude to God and being thankful because God says, you know, give thanks in all things. So be grateful. Write down three things every day in, your, in a gratitude journal that you are grateful for. You want to do five, great, do five. You want to do one, great, do one. But whatever it is, write something down that you're grateful for. That will make you get out of a funk. When you focus on the good, you focus on what God is doing and what God has done, then you you take your eyes and your heart off of all the things he's not doing, or at least that you don't see, or the things you're not feeling. Number two is do something physical. Listen, I'm not going to lie. The, another reason, and I had a major breakthrough last week thanks to a dear friend and you know spiritual uh, coach, mentor, it was, it was an unbelievable, um, just day of breakthrough. And part of that I recognized was, you know, with my husband going back to work, honestly, my schedule is the one that's going to change the most. <laughs> uh, you know, again, I've been able to do whatever I want all day and do my business here and there, like whatever I want. I'm, there's going to need to be a lot more structure and I'm going to be the one that has to hold down the fort while he's at work. And, uh, all that to say, I also was realizing not only am I mourning the loss of, of my best friend leaving my leaving our house for the day, you know, I feel like we get to do everything together. We get to parent together if we want to run to, well, we don't do that in 2020, but you know, we have like, if we want to run somewhere or we want to take the day out, like we have so much flexibility with both of us being home, not having to report to anybody, but it's God's calling us out of this season. And, and we t- totally believe it, but I've been one mourning loss of my best friend. Not that he's dying or that he's going away and I will always have my best friend, but having him home has been such a, such a blessing in my life. But I'm also mourning the loss of my, my morning walks. Well, somebody has to stay here with the kids. You know, my oldest is six and the youngest is one. He'll be two next month. But it's like, we can't leave the kids. I can't go on my morning walks anymore. My husband and I used to tag team. He goes to the gym at, you know, 5 a.m. And uh, he would come back and then I would go and do my do my workout. And sometimes, well, prior to COVID, that was to a, a, a Pilates studio um, or the gym. And, and then it became my walking. I was I walked with the Lord and my walks with the Lord, again, such a blessing. You know, God will show, hey, something we think is really bad because I was really sad about having to not be able to go into my Pilates studio. But then God God has done so many incredible things on my walks. If you follow me on Facebook, you know he drops feathers pretty much every day in my walk. Um, and he's just spoken to me through like Psalm 91.4. And I mean, every day it's something. Like I, I just, I get to spend more time with the Lord. And I realized I was grieving that. So again, I'm off on a little bit of a tangent, so I'm sorry, but I have like three episodes like kind of meshed into one here in this. I probably could have broken this apart and tried to focus on different things. But uh, number two is to do something physical. Because why? Well, one, for me, it's a time to spend more quiet time with the Lord. 
some of you maybe listen to podcasts or listen to music or whatever. Um, but it releases, it releases like the, the feel good chemicals. It releases endorphins. It releases chemicals in your body that literally make you feel better. It's like a little natural high. And number three is to get out of this funk that you're in. Do something kind for someone else. When you get your mind off of you and all the things you need and all the things you're lacking and all the things you're feeling and you look to others and see what their needs are and what they're lacking and how you can serve, it takes your mind off of you and your problems. And it not only does that, but it helps you solve somebody else's problem. And isn't that one of our greatest commandments is love God, love people. So get your mind off of you. Do something kind for somebody else. Do something and recognize a need that somebody else has and fulfill that need. Maybe it's calling a friend that you haven't talked to in a long time or serving somebody who God's put on your heart to serve a a certain type of person or a community of people or volunteer, do something. But, you know, offer a free service to somebody. I don't know, but do something kind for somebody else. It will make you feel better. Um, And then the next one, number four, is to... um, really hold on let me read my writing (laughs) oh yeah this this is really good again I mentioned it last week and then I have a couple other friends like talk to a trusted mentor or coach talk to somebody you know again I say this often but Jesus didn't tell the disciples to go out and to like just because no we're meant to do life together now first and foremost the first person you should go to is God because he has all the answers but God will give you people in your life who have perhaps walked the road you're walking or have really good discernment or you know for me I have personally I have one mentor of mine she's she's a tough love mentor she will tell me what I need to hear not what I want to hear but what I need to hear and I am so grateful for her for you know, keeping me on track and calling me out when I need to. I have a coach right now. She's my podcast coach. She does the same thing. She has become one of my best friends and she'll call me out on it. You know, if I have negative self-talk or if I, you know, I'm doubting something or if I'm running in circles, you know, my personality, I'm like, oh, we could do this. We could do that. It's like all these distractions. She'll say, you know, the, the devil is distracting you. Like get back on track. Talk to somebody who is trusted, a mentor, a coach, somebody who is a few steps ahead of you. And and yeah, and by the way, don't ever ask advice to somebody you wouldn't want to trade places with. I mean, you don't want to just dump your problems onto somebody who also has a whole bunch of other problems and you're going to end up making this this negative meeting together and, and you just wall, you both just are sad for yourselves and sorry for yourselves. No, you need to have somebody in your circle, in your corner, in your life that can really help you and encourage you and remind you who God is and who you are and recognize the things in your life that are are not on track so they can say hey 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 that's that's not that's not right let's look at that I'm so grateful for all of the women that God's put in my path and if you need one go to garden of favor and post a post and ask in the community there are many people in there and many people looking to serve others and use use their gifts that God has given them and turn their mess into a message for other people and my last tip, and this is the one that really has helped me. Again, I share the verse with, the, with you that God gave me, but really is to get out of your feelings and get into God's word. Your feelings, oh man, you get stuck in your feelings. Do you do that? I know I can. 
But when I recognize that pattern of, oh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm stuck in the feelings, I'm stuck in the feels, that I know that I need to get out of my feelings and I need to get in God's word. Because our feelings ebb and flow with what's going on in our life. But God's word is constant today, tomorrow, yesterday, and forever. God's word is black and white. He, what he says is. But our feelings change depending on life. And so get out of your feelings and, and get into God's word. And the number one thing that I can recommend to you in your, in your darkest seasons and in your they're saddest and angry and all those feelings that you that we you know we go through in life like stay close to Jesus stay close to Jesus I I think you know, I could have never made it through 2018 had it not been for my intimate time with the Lord that that was my focus that honestly was my work in 2018 I would go to my office and not pretend that I was working but that was my work was spending time with the Lord then I would not have made it through that traumatic season if it weren't for him. And so stick with the Lord, get out of your feelings, get into God's word. So number one, be grateful to do something that releases, like do something physical that releases those, all those feel good endorphins and chemicals into your body. Number three, do something kind for somebody else. Get your mind off of you, get your mind on somebody else. Number four, talk to somebody who you trust, who is a mentor, who loves God and who loves you and wants the best for you. And five, get out of your feelings and get into God's word. Father God, thank you. Thank you for the new thing that you are doing. Father, I pray that every ear that is hearing this episode today, who has been through all these stages of denial, anger, bargaining, depression, that they are standing before you today saying, God, I accept what you're doing because I trust you. I know that you are good. I know your promises are yes and amen. And I know that you have created me for such a reason, for this season, for such a time as this. Father, we thank you for the new thing that you're doing. And maybe we get glimpses of seeing it, but God, continue to open our eyes to see more of what you're doing, to, to see more of the miracle signs and wonders that you want to do in this season to lead more people to your kingdom. God, we trust that you are making a path in the wilderness and that you are creating rivers in the dry, dry land. We are excited, we are expectant, and we are ready for the blessings you want to pour out to your children so that we can be your mouthpiece and share your goodness with other people so that we lead more people to you. God, thank you for Isaiah 43, 19. Thank you for every woman listening to this and thank you for your redemption and your restoration that you take us from empty to overflow. God, I pray for an extra abundance of overflow of the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We thank you, we love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. 